You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday. It is the 27th of August. It's 2018. You're listening to episode 326. My name is Rob. Yawning across the table there is Mr. Jason. It's, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yawning. You're it's, yawning. It's been a week already. It's Tuesday, it's and it's Tuesday. been a week already. Tuesday. <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday. Uh, so anyways. We got uh, a special guest today. We do. Yeah, we why, do. why don't so, you take it from here? I'm going to. Uh, so this is a guy I met a few times at some conventions. I think I first met him at Unpub. Uh, his name is uh, Mr. Ian Moss. How's it going, Ian? Hey, how's it going? Uh, good. I'm, I'm doing good. Good, good. All right. And uh, Ian is a, is also a game designer as well. Uh, he, uh, you may know him from such designs as Dulasaur Island, uh, the two-player version of Dinosaur Island, uh, and also the expansion to Dinosaur Island, uh, Dinosaur Island Totally Liquid, which has one of my favorite pieces of cover art, I think, ever 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 it does look pretty game. legit yeah uh that's because it's got the girl dancing with the uh the headphone the walkman and the headphones and stuff um yeah, yeah. it's great it's funny story that was my idea was it well yeah. it was brilliant nice. and if i were you i would tell every person i met that like <laughs> you see that sweet cover my idea yeah. Yeah, yeah how did you come up with that like what made you be like hey you know it'd be cool for this it wasn't actually for the cover. It was actually just for the uh, specialist card that she was going to be appearing on. And what I, because uh, in Dulasaur, that was one of my seven new specialists that I got in my game for like the Kickstarter stretch goals. And so what it was is like I got to put in like, oh, this is the name of them. This is their ability. And then for like when Quan Chai was going to do all of the art, I got to put in like a little bit of art asset stuff, like what I would imagine that they would look like if I had any idea. If not, we just let Quan Chai go wild, and he uh, does great work on his own. He doesn't right. need our help. But uh, <laughs> so for that one, I had put like specifically like thirty something uh, with a mop and like a Walkman, just like dancing around with a mop because it was the groundskeeper because they right. were the one you know who mops up everything. And then like all of a sudden, like a month later, I see uh, Nathan from Pandasaurus sends us in our little group chat the like cover that he's working on I was like that's her (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing nice yeah um and then also uh a game Rob and I super duper love you're one of the designers on that and that is news at 11 yep uh we love that game it's a super fun little storytelling game and uh it's a good time Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I can tell uh, that Rob was working on his, his newscaster voice there at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I can't help it, man. It's just, it just just comes out without even intending to. <laughs> yeah, the first time we did the podcast, that just came out, and it hasn't stopped in 326 episodes. So. It's fun. <laughs> it won't go it's away. fun. I really do love News 11. It's so fun. It's 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 a storytelling game, but it's it's more like improv comedy kind of storytelling, and it's, it's it, you know... 
the rules are there really just to encourage you to, to be silly and they're not there to try and force too much game into it, you know? Right. right. Yeah. Uh, I've always people asked, uh, when I was demoing it last year, uh, getting ready for the Kickstarter at Gen Con, people were like, Oh, so how do you, how do you win? How do you lose? And I was like, well, the only way to lose is to not have fun. And I've never seen that happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, that's a great way to put it. Right? I mean, it it it's not about winning, about hey, one person winning. Everybody's winning because you're having fun playing the game. Right. Yeah. That's right. Well, yeah. All right. So hey, Jason. Right. Jason's bad at this whole interviewing. Well, people I don't thing. normally do this, but Rob said <laughs> Rob said I could do it this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I love. Just so he can berate your technique. Yeah, basically. basically. That's mostly I, what Rob does as a person. I love um, it when we do these episodes. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, so in in addition to being a designer, you also hold an interesting job title, uh, which is that of office hero. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I have given myself the title of Office Hero for Infectious Play Productions. <laughs> right. Uh, and Infectious Play Productions is uh, run by John Gilmore, correct? Yep. Uh, which uh, you guys probably met met or and or heard of John Gilmore before. Uh, he's designed a couple games, just a couple. One or two. Uh, one or two that you may have seen in stores. Uh, but so uh, I got to know John. Uh, before I met you, I met John a couple times. Um and then uh, got to meet you and Rob. You've met John a few times as oh, well. Yeah. Yep. And uh, John's a nice guy. And uh, he is uh, he is a busy, busy designer, though. Uh, he is constantly working on a lot of projects. He really likes to co-design games, so he's always working with lots of people. Um, and uh, and I know just from working on a few games by myself and maybe one or two with other people, uh, it can be really hard to stay organized and to make sure you're keeping up with the right things, working on the right things. Um, and, uh, I'm sure he struggles with that as well. And I, and spoiler alert, we know he does because he <laughs> hired you to make sure that he was getting this stuff done. Um, yeah. so we want to talk a little bit about, um, your tricks and tips for organizing things for, uh, especially for a busy game designer. Uh, and I know that we're not all designing that much always, but, uh, but a lot of us have day jobs as well, uh, which we're trying to manage between that. So I think there'll be some good tips here. So, uh. So you want to start off just by telling us a little bit about kind of what you do, what your process is with working uh, on that angle of stuff? Um, yeah, so I've I've been a constant collaborator with John on quite a few projects. Like a lot of the upcoming things that are going to have my name on it are also going to have his name on it, probably before mine. But that's just because it's alphabetical <laughs> and not a rank thing. Definitely why. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, so when... Uh, and, and John, like you said, loves taking on projects. Um, like he, I think he knows of the word no, like he's heard it before, but I don't <laughs> think he knows what it means. <laughs> so usually he's just like, yes, do you want to do this? Yes. Do you want to do this? Yes. You want, do you want to do this? Um, and, and with that sort of rapid fire, uh, game design, you know, like just acquire, acquire, acquire projects, it can you can very quickly get buried under the weight of all those things so john brought me on to help because we work really well together and i am apparently better at being organized than he is um so john had this board and on this board was just it was just a like a dry erase board and it was just a list of like all of the projects that he has currently mm-hmm. anytime like a new project would 
come up or he'd start working on something, he'd just write that at the bottom of whichever list. Um, and eventually I told him, I was like, well, we should organize this a bit. So he split the list into like things that were at the publisher or things that didn't have a publisher yet. Like they hadn't found a home, but there are projects that he was working on. And that worked for a while <laughs> until the point where some of the projects were coming off of the board. So he'd be like, oh yeah, well that one's done. That one, we sent the final files in and it's in production. So we can take that one off and then add these four on. And I looked up on the board and I was like, I don't want to try and finesse my way around to erasing specific projects, moving others <laughs> over, and then adding new ones. Oh man, everything you're describing stresses me out. Just the, the <laughs> just the most, just uh, just ah, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, so I had a very minor panic attack <laughs> of, of like not wanting to do specifically that. So we looked into other ways of doing it and we found some things like uh, a scrum board and mm-hmm. the, and there's other project managers and stuff like that but we really sort of attach ourselves to the the scrum style um, and what that is is like individual tasks or individual in our case games that they get moved around from thing to thing depending on what stage they're at right and so we found a, a new whiteboard to put all this stuff on and we found these really nice like three inch by four inch cards that are dry erase and magnetic oh nice Um, Hmm. yeah and they're laid out in such a way so like at the top we're able to like put the name of the project and then if it's at a publisher we put the name of the publisher up there also and then there's a spot with like little people icon on it and then that's where if there's co-designers where that goes um, and then there's like a timetable thing. So if it has a year that it's going to be released or we hope it's going to be released, we write that on there. And then there's this big block in the middle that's empty that we can write like the current status of it on if we need to. Hmm. Um, but what this allowed us to do is move things without having to like a small crazy dexterity game of erasing and writing in the blank spaces. <laughs> so, so basically it's like a Kanban board, correct? Yeah. Cool, cool. But it's 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 a little bit more modified. Like it fits our purposes more right. than it does the very specific Scrum and Kanban styles, right, which right. is just things in constant motion and always iterating very specific things. Mm-hmm. So, so ours has four segments. <laughs> it has the app publisher, which is for games that we currently have at publishers, and then in the on the top it tells you what publishers they're at and they're ordered in a way of like things we need to work on up top and then things that are further along that we don't need to worry about towards the middle and the bottom and then there are in progress which is just all of the other things like if it is for a publisher but they haven't like given us the okay yet or if it is just a passion project that john is working on that doesn't necessarily have a publisher yet all of that stuff goes there again ordered from like most important to least important and then john uh does a lot of development like you'll see his name in quite a few rule books coming up for different games because he's been doing development and like add-on stuff and like kickstarter stuff too like he did the solo for the robin hood game hmm. and then he mm-hmm. also did the solo and co-op modes for sweet mess so all of that's like under development for him so that's another section but it's like smaller because it's usually like two or three projects at a time 
mm-hmm. um, and once again ordered from highest priority to lowest. And then at the top, there's just a space for five cards, and those five cards are called our top five fires. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which are just projects from anywhere that like are the top priority things that we need to deal with currently. <laughs> right. Hmm. Nice. So yeah, so that's the basis of the system that we use and it's it's been working really well and it's right by both of our desks so we just sort of like look over and have a nice visual of where we are and what we should probably be working on instead of like diving into google drive or like your file folders on your computer to like try and figure any of that out yeah or do you guys use trello at all uh no i i have before and i was like i'm kind of thinking i should probably get a digital version of our board onto trello because i feel like that's right parallel because if some schmuck came in and just erased it you'd be like uh i quit yeah. john i quit <laughs> right. i don't know i think i would prefer the physical monolith of work rising in front of my desk because right. then then i couldn't pretend it doesn't exist if it's a trello board it's easy for me to just not look at the trello board right but yeah, if it's right there in front of me yeah right we had um we had a big project to work that wasn't getting where it needed to be uh because we had a lot of other competing priorities so i went to the team and said guys we've got this huge board i made it up as a kanban board we used it for one thing and then we weren't really using it i said i got an idea let's take all of the work for this project every task make give it a sticky note and we modified the columns like you guys did, not to what you have, obviously, but we modified the columns, color-coded all the post-its so that we knew whose work was what, and they knocked that project out in three weeks, even though we were projected to probably take another four to five weeks on it, because it was easier to see what the hell was going on right? Yeah. and what needed to be done. Uh, and when you have a team environment, obviously, it's different with just you and John being there, but when you have multiple people one person starts getting rid of their color and the other person's like well i don't want to be the last one here to not have my stuff done so they start cranking out more stuff and then suddenly you know you've got a competition going um yeah so yeah we also have like a a, like a mini worker placement game that we (laughs) use for like crunch time which there's like there's these the circular magnets that came with sort of the set of stuff Uh and there's like red ones and there's blue ones and they're about the same size, but obviously they're different colors. So, like, during the crunch times before a con, we'll just, like, start putting them on projects of, like, I'm going to work on this, you work on this, I'm going to do this, you do this. And then, like, when we're done, we'll, like, pull them off of there. So it's just sort of, like, place your workers and then do the actions. <laughs> but the actions are make all of the games. Right. <laughs> the action is design this game. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the action is sit and stare at a blank page and think, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So yeah. many spreadsheets. Oh my gosh, so many spreadsheets. Do you um as a side note with spreadsheets, are you do you do a lot of designing in spreadsheets? Like for math and such or no? I'm always uh, curious. I try to avoid math if at all possible. <laughs> I, I like I, I know it's you need it for balance and stuff, but I, I do the very minimum amount of math needed to make sure that there's like enough copies of all of these things, but, or all of this icon shows up the right number of times. But other than that, I don't go into like, Oh, what are the odds that I would draw this card on this turn? Oh no, that sounds awful. (laughs) That's no Rob and I both use it for, um, for instance, yeah, how many times does, you know, how many times does wheat show up compared to rock? And I've got a thing off to the side that auto calculates. So as I make my pattern, I'll know, okay, that's balanced. Right. Um, mathematically speaking, right? But I, I'm, I'm just curious what other designers do for that. Um, yeah, 
John John's real big into it. John has a couple of like Google sheets that are just set up for like balance math where you just put in your different vectors and you can change the the values of them and then it'll tell you like what the victory points come out on the other side. So if you want to figure out how many victory points money should be worth at the end, you just sort of plug in different mm-hmm. values like oh this person ended with 5, this person ended with 10 and then if it's like 3 to 1 it'll be this many points if it's like five to one it'll be this many points that sort of thing yeah so he has a sheet that's just set up for all of that and i'm like i don't want to do that <laughs> one <laughs> that's day we amazing, did do dino though. math though yeah we did have to do dino math the one day for the water dinosaurs and totally liquid uh. so like put in a bunch of spreadsheets and be like this one has to be as good as an herbivore this one has to be as good as a okay. small carnivore this one has to be as good as a large carnivore and we had to figure out what all of that meant mm. right yeah, I, I I started doing. I'm working on a, a game right now that's it's basically just an, an economic thing, and I really went in deep on building a spreadsheet this time. And I built the I built the you know the the victory point versus gold cost or that that conversion difference right into it right from the beginning. And I have found that for 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 you know a euro style you know economic game having that there right from the beginning and programming in uh, stuff so that I could change one variable in, in you know in a, in a kind of a seed cell or whatever and it would populate everything else from there without having to go and edit a bunch of formulas that was really worth doing and I'm glad that I took the time to do that um yeah yeah it wouldn't make sense for every game but sometimes right. it's it's really worth it it is Seth Jaffe was it who yeah. who who had so told you the one time like you have to break everything down to what is the actual, like basically you come up with this unit and yeah. that is your base unit for the game. So if it takes one action to do this and it's worth X, but it takes two actions to do this and it's worth Y, then you can break that down to figure out what is the actual value of anything in your game, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and, I mean, the only thing I argue with about that is sometimes perfect balance doesn't feel perfect. Sure. And I've heard other designers say that to so where, well, the math says it's right, but then I went ahead and tweaked it to make it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a name. It, it is a phrase that I use a lot, and I'm gonna eventually tie a game to it, and it's called fun balanced. Yes, yes. Right? It's not right. real balance. It's fun balanced. Yeah. Right. Right. Because it could be perfectly balanced and still not be fun because it doesn't feel balanced. Right. 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 So. Yeah. Um. So. So the the combat board is super interesting. Like I I wish that I I wish that I would do that. Like with my life here, I wish that I had like a wall. With just your whole life, with with your family and your kids and how you manage everything. I mean, I basically manage everything with reminders on my iPhone. Like right now, I have a list of things to get ready for Grand Con, right? And I actually like put the list on my iPhone so that I can go in right and and keep up with that, right? And and that's been useful. And if it's important enough, I put a reminder that will actually like ping me and say, yeah. hey, dude, like I had to send a prototype to a publisher and was I was I had done a bunch of other work post Gen Con and was like, holy crap, I didn't send this to the publisher. Like, so I set up the reminder. The next morning I went in uh, and did it. So uh, it was Saturday morning, of course, just to be, it was definitely a Saturday or a Sunday morning. Yeah. It was not a weekday. It was morning. not a weekday. When definitely you were in not the a office. weekday where that's not okay. No. Because um, some of us have day jobs, jerk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you have a day job. It doesn't really count as a day job. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, because you're working on games and I hate you. But, um, you know. <laughs> so, um, okay. So that's kind of how you are helping to keep kind of the projects organized and moving along. And, uh, I think 
there are ways we can apply that to designers who are not working on, you know, 40 some odd sure. projects, right? Because I'm going right. to guess That's what... the other thing, too, is uh, it actually having the cards limits the number of projects that can go on that board. Right. So it's not just like an infinite number if you write smaller. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So it's just like, oh, well, all of these projects at Publisher, like, we're pretty full on that side. We got to wait till some of these come out. Can't put any more over there. Sure. Right, right, right. Um, and I know, yeah, I know I've heard John talk a lot about the math of if you're a full-time game designer, you need to understand how many games you have to get published per year. And I've actually heard him say in pitches like, well, I'd really like to get this out this year because this is my goal and I'm short right now, you yeah. know, um, right. which first of all, who says that besides John Gilmore, right? <laughs> like, listen, bro, I know you want to buy this game, but I'm going to need you to hurry that up okay because i gotta get it out there <laughs> um and the publisher was like oh yeah i think i could probably do that and i was like that's amazing but anyway so i digress um yeah yeah so let's think about so rob let's, let's try what? this because ian is super smart and we have him here so rob yeah. well give me an organizational challenge you okay. have with keeping up with game design and okay. ian is gonna fix it he's gonna fix it right now <laughs> right now wow um uh, well, so, um, organizational. So, okay. So I am, I'm talking to publisher right now, uh, and we have set out a, uh, a basically a, a nine month development plan, um, for, for what their goals are for me for, for three months from now, six months from now, nine months from now, uh, oh, for a specific game. already organized. Well, right. what is Ian supposed to do with this? I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> that's all I've got right now. Um, so, uh, so my my um, so one of one of my goals for for this first nine month period here, let's see, is is that I've got an existing mechanical structure, okay, and uh, that that is inspired by one specific IP, and they need me to adapt it to fit <laughs> their their ninety percent different IP. Ian actually knows a thing or two about this. So, okay. I mean, I'm not saying he made a game about dinosaurs that looks a lot like a movie franchise, but <laughs> right. is not that movie franchise, despite what the guy with the white beard will tell you. So, uh, so, so what the first thing I need to do is learn everything I can about, about that, that new IP and about that fiction, uh, in that world. Um, and at the same time, I need to, uh, I need to, now, in addition to learning about about the that fiction, I need to start adapting the mechanics and the structure that I've already got to that new IP, and it might might not all necessarily map over one to one. In fact, it probably won't. So, how do I organize that? Because because you're here to fix our problem. That's Jason said you would fix my problem. So go go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. Like- I, I do know a thing or two about IPs and making <laughs> games for them. It's, it's actually one of my things that I think I'm really good at, and I think that's sort of gonna like not really my niche, but a thing that I really enjoy is like diving into other people's worlds. And like a lot of publishers and a lot of people are allowing me to like play around in their sandbox right now, and it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I love that. So I guess just like just I, I don't know, just get into that sandbox. And like you might be inspired by by weird things, and it doesn't always have to like things don't have to, like you said it doesn't have to port over one to one, but like I guess try and find the experience that you have mechanically that you have going on now, and find that experience in the new thing. Like find 
where that core meets the other core. And it could be like a weird abstraction of that thing. Like what, what I found out is you don't have to like, if it has a storyline, you don't have to follow that storyline. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be like, this character has to do this at this point and we can't do this with this character because they aren't, they weren't there when that happened. Like you just throw all of that out of the window and just find out what the fun part about that IP is and just sort of mold your thing into that fun bit. But as far as organizing that, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that. That's fine. <laughs> Actually, your, your comments on, on IP that that is extremely well taken, and I, I um, that actually is really really helpful to me in ways that I can't talk about while we're recording. <laughs> right. So so thank you for that. Actually, that's that's wonderful. Yeah. I can't tell you why I know these things either. No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I, I think you just coined a new phrase though. When I thought you were gonna drop an f bomb on the podcast, but instead you said "what the fun," um, and now I kind of want t-shirts that say "what the fun," Ian Moss. Like, <laughs> you should probably trademark that, dude. That's great. Yeah, I'll just look that up now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that was uh, that was <laughs> that cracked me up. That's really good advice, though. Like, it is, yeah. Because I do think that. One of the things what I've seen other designers we know who who they've made games with IPs and stuff yeah. right? like y- you want to tie it to that fiction so much, but you don't want it to 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 strap you down right to where yeah. it's paralyzing. It basically gives you AP right of mm-hmm. I can't design this because I need this with this character and this you know yeah I need to map um, everything every detail about this thing originally into this game and make it a game. Otherwise, people won't it won't have the thing that they want to see in it. Right, right. And I think it was. Pinchback was talking. It was Pinchback or Riddle. They were talking about one of the games they worked on, and yeah. it was a. It was. It might have been Back to the Future. They were talking about character powers, and like yeah. he was telling he was telling me like Biff's character power. And I don't remember what it was, but it was like, oh my gosh, that is yes, that is what you need to make you feel that game, right? To make yeah. you feel like you're experiencing the movie because Biff can do something that's that's super awesome. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so there's that. So now I should I give a problem now? Yeah, please, because okay. you're gonna be you're, you have real problems. <laughs> so, uh, so I I'm having trouble sleeping, Ian. Um, <laughs> um, he's gonna be like, just drink more. Um, no, <laughs> whiskey solves every problem. Yeah. Uh, until it makes more. Uh, I mean, if you, I think actually that whiskey would solve most problems if you drink enough. Oh yeah, to make you fall asleep. But if you if you stop short, it's probably just going to cause more. Well, really, it's brought to you. There's a yeah. There's definitely the diminishing returns on that. (laughs) (laughs) Really, whiskey's main main value is in avoiding problems. (laughs) (laughs) It's real good at that, Uh, or facing them head on if you drink just enough. But uh, um, so I and I have a lot of design problems that I struggle with, but um trying to think of one that i could do around the organizational side it's not really but um so i struggle with so um so let's 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 get serious Uh for a minute here Uh oh so i did the the strengths finder test which i'm sure rob thinks is bs because rob thinks most things are bs i think you're bs so um but no so are you familiar with the strengths finder ian uh no really i'm shocked i actually actually i think be like let me give you a dissertation on that (laughs) um so the strengths finder is this thing where it like ranks 34 attributes you have from top to bottom, right? Um, yeah. And explains 
what you're best at and what you're worst at. But then there's like a balcony and a basement for each thing. So there's what is really good about it having this this ability, right? And what is really bad about it? Like if you're if you use it the wrong way, you're using your powers for good or evil, right? And so my number one strength, uh, which Rob, I think you'll you will this is will make you a believer in this test is is ideation, right? Um, no, it's actually, is it no ideation? No, it's not. One of my top five, I don't even remember what my number one is. One of my top five strengths is ideation, right? And that's the idea that I am inspired by and energized by new ideas. Like that's me, right, Rob? Like that is 100% me. Yeah, right. You're the guy who has a million new new ideas and then says to other people, okay, go do those things. Right. And you never actually accomplish anything on your own. Which at work works really, really well because I have like 12 people that are really awesome at doing stuff and they just go do the things. But, um, But in my game design... So I struggle with, and the show unfortunately makes it worse, right? <laughs> um, constantly having new ideas, having to pitch new ideas, and and never knowing like which ones to to work on, right? And the only thing I've ever found that kind of works is I work on an idea until it gets difficult, and then I put it down because I assume it just wasn't meant to be. <laughs> and for a long time, Ian, that worked really well because I had so many ideas, but now. I'm finding, like, looking back at some of those ideas, I'm like, that was actually a really good idea. <laughs> like, I probably should have done something with that. Um, and I couldn't. I mean, and I didn't. So, like, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, solve that problem, please. <laughs> well, like, I, I haven't been doing this for a long time, probably, like, three, four years now. But I have, I have like, three or four designs that I have shelved just because I – like I was at a point where I didn't know what to do with them or like I got some feedback and it really bummed me out. So I'm like, I'm just gonna put this over here and work on other stuff or those top five fires kicked in and I was like, right. Oh, I got to deal with all this stuff first. And so, then that's just a rotating stock. There's always five fires. Like there's right. never less than five fires. Right. So <laughs> just to, just to give you an idea, I've probably got around 50 of those <laughs> that I've shelved because I hit a snag, which may have been, right. this isn't fun anymore to design or this is hard and then I just moved on to something new. Um, so yeah, so just to quantify, three or four is awesome. I've got more than that. Mostly because of the show, <laughs> yes. I think. But Well, what happens is, is I'll find that when I'm talking about design, either, you know, with other designers or with a publisher or just with like my friends and they're asking about the stuff that I'm working on and a lot of it is like, oh, you're working on your own stuff? And I'll be like, yeah, I'm I mean, technically, yes. I mean, a lot of the things are with John or with other co-designers, but I guess I do have my own projects also. And then I'll like, and a lot of that's just publishers being like, oh, you're working on your own stuff too. And I was like, yeah. So then I like, whatever ones I mention from that conversation are the ones I should probably go back and work on. Right? Like those, <laughs> that's a good point. Those, those are the ones that I like, I, I'm excited to tell someone else about them so they're probably worth revisiting and it actually happened where like just at this gen con we actually uh i mean pretty much found a home for i think two of those oh wow congratulations unpub i found a home for another one like that's fantastic just from having conversations with like publishers about the things that i was excited for or like things that i had worked on previously and i was like yeah i had this and then we kind of stopped it was in a good place we really didn't know who to show it to and then if their eyes you know if if their eyebrow goes up right <laughs> then, you i'll know, let it show it to you talking <laughs> about it yeah so yeah so it's just really like which ones do you keep coming back to yeah and, like whenever i get stuck on a design i usually just like 
work on anything. Like, I will just work on any project that I have going on. Like, I'll work on this RPG thing that is, like, a miles away from being done. Or I'll work on this thing that really needs to be done, like, tomorrow. But, like, if I'm not focused on either of those, I'll just work on whatever I want to work on. Um, And then, like, from there, that also helps me figure out and focus on which ones should probably be moving forward. Mm-hmm. I, I like that though. I think that's a, an excellent point. The the thing that you want to tell other people about uh, is something. I think that that tells you pretty clearly that it's something you're excited about and something you're passionate about, and something that you want to see succeed. And, and even if I know I, I I don't want to speak for everybody. I know I can certainly get up in my own head about stuff and doubt myself and and get frustrated, right? And but if it's something that I that I tell other people I'm excited about or that I want to work on, or if somebody asks me and I, it's the first thing I go to, then that that should be telling me everything I need to know. That clearly it's something right. I want to be successful with. And, and that's a good point. I actually had that happen today. So I yeah. had lunch with our pal Jason Katarski. Um, uh, he yeah. came down and yeah, love that guy. Right. I mean, if you don't love that guy, you're probably a dick, right? Because he's super nice. But anyways, uh, I so I had lunch with him and. He was like, oh, what are you working on? And I was talking to him about this one game that I'm working on that I'm going to try and show off at Grand Con. And he said, anything else? And I said, yeah. I said, I got, I said, I got this, uh, this, this pull and write game, I'm calling it, uh, that has cubes in, in, in writing. And, uh, and like, I started kind of talking about like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then by the end, I was like super jazz. And he's like, <laughs> you really, you really like that one, don't you? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm just running into some problems. So I kind of stopped. And it was like, you saying that I was like, well, no crap. I, sh- I should probably be working on that game. Right. Um, and I'm going to be going to Grand Con, which means I could actually get people to try it at Grand Con. So, yeah. Um, so that's that's actually really good advice. So uh, a second thing to that, right? When it, when you say like, oh, I've got this RPG, I'm just going to work on it. Like for the, what I heard from that, and maybe I'm reading into it wrong, is like that may never go anywhere, but I'm working on it because it, it's something I like. Um, now maybe I heard that wrong, but that's kind of what, it, to me, that's what it sounded like. You were like, oh, and I have this RPG thing. Um, so let pretend that's the case. Just assume I'm correct about that. Right. So if that's the, how do you deal with the idea? Like, how do you deal with the pressure of not feeling like the designs you're putting your time into have to go somewhere? Cause I know I feel that pressure. And Rob, I think you do sometimes as well, probably more than yeah. we used to. Right. Yeah. Because now we have less time and we're trying to spend the time we have now we've got some stuff published. Right. So now mm-hmm. it's like, well, gosh, I want to make sure that I'm spending time on stuff somebody might buy, right? Or that I'm going to see right. that through. So, mm-hmm. how does how does that work for you? Um, well, being being full time now, it it actually, yeah, it, it sort of doubles down on that anxiety about it. Like where when when I'm working on something like that is my own project, I gotta I could I could be working on something that's like on spec for like a publisher or like something that. I don't have a contract for, but it's basically signed, right? Like something that I will probably be getting paid for sooner rather than later. But then also I can't help what I'm passionate about. Like Duelist Island is one of my newer designs. Like out of all of the designs that I have been working on, Duelist is actually like in the top 10 newest. Okay. Because it just sort of, it just sort of like it, it all happened fast. Like it, I, I had an idea. I wanted to do it. I was like, man, why is no one doing Dinosaur Island stuff? Like, there's a ton of Wasteland stuff probably coming down the line in the future. But, like, no one's really doing anything with Dinosaur Island. That's the world I want to explore. So I told John, I was like, do you mind if I try something? And he's like, yeah, do you want to co-design? And I was like, 
I want to, I kind of want to try it on my own first. And if it doesn't work, like I would love to co-design it with you and Brian, cause you're both awesome. And like, I love dinosaur Island. Um, but when I showed him the first, like my ideas and stuff and made the first prototype, he's like, yeah, no, this, this is really good. He's like, I don't like, I'm not just saying that cause it's going to give me money. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, but that's so, nice. That's nice too. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, you, you don't, you don't need, our help like you're gonna do this yourself and i was like yeah i'm gonna do this myself um and so from there it was just sort of like i i was passionate about it because everything was going so well and it just sort of kept going well kept going well and then we showed it to nathan and molly from pandasaurus and like originally like going in they were basically like listen we don't really need a two-player version of dinosaur island like it already plays two players like why would you even need that and then they played it and they're like yeah so we're making this game (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're like all right nathan, yeah nathan tells the story better but basically he was just very annoyed that like it was so good because i basically forced his hand into like making this game <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good that's good but yeah so but then now i'm at the point where like i have a lot of projects i should be working on but i will go back and do that crazy rpg thing and the rpg thing actually has a publisher because it came from a discussion with a publisher uh that's marshall and i are working on it marshall Britt. oh yeah Yeah. um and so we just wanted to like gamify business cards but that's sort of like that's not exactly that's not like a money thing that we're doing that for that is sort of our passion project of like right business cards are such a big thing in like every industry ours included that like every time I don't have one, every time I exchange one, like I wish there was something else there. And so we got to talking about it. And so now we're going to be like basically making an RPG out of a business card and use business cards to sort of fuel that. Nice. But it's not like, hey, pay $50 or $20 or whatever and get this thing. It's just going to be attached to our business card. So there's really no money in it. It's just sort of a really fun thing that I want to do. So That's anytime cool. I'm stuck on something, I will just go and work on that because that's my fun project that's right. never going to really see a monetary value to it unless it gets insanely big right but <laughs> but it's just it's a thing that i want to exist so i'm going to make sure that it does i guess that makes hmm. sense that makes sense cool all right this is this is really good stuff i'm i feel really good about all of this rob <laughs> yeah this yeah you know whatever um, well, now is the time where, um, where you get to pitch a game. Um, and so you've, uh, it's, yeah. So Rob right now is pulling up Board Gameizer, one of our favorite ways to force guests to pitch games about really bad ideas. Um, so what's going to happen is Rob is going to take it from here on how this is going to work. And then, uh, yeah. Are you familiar with Board Gameizer? Um, I think so. Is it the one that, makes combinations that don't exist on bgg uh no No, that's the one john uses that's different yeah Yeah. this this is just boardgameizer.com uh and uh it it, i will hit a button here and it will um give us a a core mechanic a theme and a victory condition okay and if we want to we can add a specific constraint but that's up to you and uh, I don't know what that constraint would be, but well, it'll be oh, random. No. It'll it'll tell you. It'll tell us. Oh, yeah, right. But but we don't have to add that if we don't want to. So, uh, I'll give you one. I'll give you one pass. And okay. it, all right, so I'm gonna hit the button, and then we'll see what it is. If you don't like it, I, uh, you can pass, and then I'll give you another one. But you're stuck with the second one, right? <laughs> this is recorded yeah, live. It's all, it's all or nothing. 
Right. All right. Let's see. Okay. All right. You might do well with this, honestly. Okay. So the theme is Christmas War Game. Okay. The victory condition is defeat the boss. The core mechanic is storytelling. Okay. Do you want a constraint? So that seems too easy. This is great. <laughs> it should feel dangerous. Oh. <laughs> um. So Christmas War Game. Defeat the boss is the victory condition. Uh. What was the? Oh, storytelling. Uh huh. And it should feel dangerous. Right. Um. Okay. So in this game, yeah, the boss that you have to defeat is Krampus. Right, of you course, know, the, good. The, ho- the holiday monster, right? Yeah, he's gonna he's going to eat your literal children uh, in the game, not your literal literal children, figurative children, I guess, is be the way. Um, if you don't stop him, um, and the way that you do that is you are sending all of the Santa's elves who obviously are on your side. Uh, you are not Santa. He unfortunately couldn't make it out this time. Uh, he's he's real busy, so he's just he's giving you his elves though. His elves are done for the year, so they're up for cannon fodder. Um, <laughs> but the problem is, is that uh, every troop that you lose is just fueling Krampus. So like every every troop that you get is just making him more and more powerful. So like you you have to like wear him down and just keep going and keep going and just keep pressing up again, you know, and fighting and fighting. And basically just throwing these elves at him, even though they do almost no damage. But like every time you do, you're kind of just making him stronger. <laughs> okay. Um, it feels dangerous. It does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so you're, you're fighting against Krampus with these elves. And as, as you're pressing forward and pressing forward, uh, you sort of... Uh, the, the real bad part is you have to describe how every time you lose... Every time he defeats one of your troops, you have to describe how that elf died, um, and you have to send that that as a note back to that elf's family. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Ouch! <laughs> so, so, so yeah. But eventually, you get to the point where. Uh, after so many of them and so many of them have died and you send all these notes back to their family, if you have compelled their families enough, then their families will come fight for you and that's how you win. Uh, is the families of the elves that you sort of pushed forward and just thrown into him like a meat grinder uh, will actually come and join your forces and allow you to defeat Krampus in the end. But you have to tell a very compelling narrative about right. how they died and how valiant they were uh, to get them to come join your your side. Wow, that that is dramatic. <laughs> That's some stuff right there. It's heavy, really. Yeah, it feels emotionally dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, Silent Night. Silent Night. <laughs> That's good. Wow. <laughs> See, and you were you were not sure about doing that, and that was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the better ones we've done, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Coming out soon from Ian Moss. Yeah. <laughs> Silent Night. 
tell the tale of your... storytelling is interesting i love storytelling games obviously it is at 11 but right yeah <laughs> it's i almost feel like you should call it the silence of the elves <laughs> like the silence of the lambs yeah because yeah. you know like the lambs are quiet because you're slaughtering them. Yeah, we so. get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The best, the best jokes are the ones you have to explain. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Well, hey man, this has been super duper awesome and a lot of fun, and uh, I learned some good stuff. I yeah. feel like I know how to be more organized now. I don't know if I'll do it or not because I'm won't. lazy, but yeah. I know how, and I feel good about that. <laughs> that's um, the main problem. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I can't do anything about. I, I fall into that also. Right. So, uh, for Ian Moss here, uh, he's got some games out here that you should go buy. Yep. Uh, but he's also got some more games coming out that we're not going to tell you about. But when you see them, you should buy them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and do remember that if John's name is first, it, it is alphabetical. For sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's Absolutely the only reason. Yes. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ian, uh, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, it's uh, chaos underscore Moss. Chaos Moss. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Any other so, anything else you want to plug or any other contact points you want to get out there into the world? Uh, I mean, find me on Facebook, friend me. That's happening a lot more now. I'm getting a lot more friends, so good. <laughs> I get to engage with a lot of people. Uh, if you see me at a convention, just like come say hi. I'm I like I I love that. That's been my favorite part so far. Is just interacting with people in this industry because I feel like this is the best industry that Probably, I've ever yeah. been a part of. Yeah. Yep. Are you uh, you going to be at GrandCon? Yes. Awesome. I Grand Con yeah. This year. yeah, I knew John was going because so I was going to chat with him about some stuff. So I'm excited you're going to be there. We can hang out. It'll be lots yeah. of fun. Get, a, get that, a big game of Silent Night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm down, man. You designed that <laughs> game. I will play the heck out of it while we're there. <laughs> so murdering some elves. Yeah. Telling their stories. Well, Krampus is the one murdering them. We're telling their stories. And we're right. we're, yeah. we're th- we're basically angry birding them at Krampus. I feel like well. we're also murdering them. <laughs> That's you're right. That's true. God, he's getting this big elf machine gun. I'm gonna fire you a Krampus. <laughs> that better be a component to the game, an elf machine gun. Get that get that going, man. Well you have to- powered by elves. Yes. yes. Use elves as ammo. Yes. yes. It's part of the story you have to tell. Um right. The well, in- innovation in, in military uh, uh weaponry. Uh yeah, elf tech, elf tech. So, uh, Rob, uh, Rob, take us out here. With sure. Your, uh, with your crap, you my, say at the my, end. My standard closing. So, yeah. thanks, thanks everybody for listening to the show. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to buildingthegamepodcast at gmail You can also follow us on Twitter at podcast btg. Jason is at j a slingerland. I'm at poorly underscore design. Uh, uh, again, Ian is at chaos underscore moss. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and give us five star reviews wherever podcasts can be found. You can call or Google voice number at 770-TEL-BTG. Uh, Jason, again, like we said, will be at Grand Con. Sadly, I will not be able to make it this year, but uh, uh, you can find Jason and harass him. I recommend poking him with a stick. Yeah. yeah. And I'll be with Neil Roberts as well, who yeah. will probably edit your game rules for you on the spot. Yeah. And probably tell me every time Rob missed me swearing in this episode. And yeah, it's it been out. at least three, I think. Um, yeah, so so yeah, bring, bring a nice pointy stick so you can poke Jason while you're there. I, I fully endorse this Jason already did too. Oh yeah, great, right great, yeah, 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 yeah. So, sounds awesome. And uh, hey, Ian, thanks again, man. That, we had, I really enjoyed this. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, just remember, what the fun? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Good night. Good night.
Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast. Next time on Building the Game. Well, oh, I just hung up on him. <laughs> well done. Give me a How would you rate this call? Uh, a one star. We're sorry. What could we do? He's typing something. Okay. What is he typing? Eat a d- slingerland. <laughs> I hope he's not typing that. <laughs> oh, he said I'm restarting my computer. Give me two seconds. <laughs> I just sent him a GIF. It's great. Giftastic! Wow, that sounded really you, distorted. You really blew it out. That's... I really blew it out there. Yeah, don't do that. Why don't you blow it out your <laughs> Yeah, careful. Careful now. These are not $500 microphones. These were like $40 microphones. These were $100 microphones were they on sale. All right, okay. That means they were regularly at least 110 All right.